A slight tingle in my fingers. I think it's affecting me. Yeah. What did I say? He can't hold his liquor. Game over. Chapter what? Legolas feels a tingling in his finger. <laughs> <laughs> this is spoilers. Return of the King. Tingling. Let's go. Oh man, we'll get to that greatly acted scene in just a little bit, I'm sure. But welcome to spoilers. We're so excited to be here talking about Return of the King. It's the third movie in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring trilogy, and at the end of this, boys, there's going to be 20 episodes that we've made for this trilogy. I think we should pat ourselves on the back for that. Oh boy. If you're doing the math, that means there's seven episodes for Return of the King. And this is the first one. This is chapter one. And the title it says that Legolas thing, I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for most of these pods, we're just going to get right into the meat of the movie. Meat's going to be back on the menu in chapter two and three, et cetera, as soon as we get into the pod. But for this one, I do think we should all introduce ourselves really quick. And I didn't hit you guys up earlier with this question because I wanted to kind of surprise you with it, but it's pretty easy. Um, Pat, we'll start with you. But what is your experience with fishing? And have you ever had to like hook a live bait before? Interesting. This is Pappy recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, 20 episodes of Lord of the Rings for the 20 year anniversary. That's pretty crazy that the 20 year anniversary has come and gone. Um, Fishing? Yeah, I used to fish all the time when I was a kid, um, just in like lakes and rivers and stuff around northern Indiana where we grew up. Um, now I only like fish in Skyrim or something. I don't do any of that, but I have <laughs> baited a live hook, much like Smeagol. Virtual fishing. Yeah, exactly. It's very relaxing, but I could I could hook a worm. For a sure. worm? That's what it was? Well, and also I had uh, pet turtles when I was in high school, Koopa and Lockjaw <laughs> were their names, and I fed them by stringing a night crawler through a needle and dangling it on the end of a string and they would come up and snap it. So yeah, I'd, I have no problem with that kind of stuff. Forgot those guys. Yeah, They were awesome. Let's bop around Michigan a little bit. Did you say you're from Kalamazoo? I, I don't recall if you did or not. Like the but... Primus song. Yep. Right. Let's, let's head over well east of you. J- Jordan, Brother Jordan. Hey, this is Brother Jordan recording from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, as Pappy said, 20 episodes, 20th anniversary, but planned it. I feel like we probably have we probably have more timestamps than were ever discussed in the actual <laughs> series mm-hmm. and more arguments for sure over timestamps. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, a lot of fishing when I was younger, definitely baited some worms, some shrimp, that sort of thing. But I don't think I've fished and many a year except for digitally in Fortnite, i guess but uh (laughs) there you go (laughs) just like your grandpappy (laughs) (laughs) all right let's do a little bit of a u-turn and go all the way out to california simi valley 
Hello, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, out of Simi Valley, California. I used to go fishing pretty frequently when I was a kid, Josh. Uh, my cousin Shane and myself would go to the pier in Port Wainimi, and we had his uh, dad's old fishing equipment. His dad had passed away. And um, we just acted like we knew what we were doing and fished and never really caught anything except for like random mutant-like little fish that were definitely <laughs> not edible. In fact, probably nothing we would ever catch at that pier would be edible. <laughs> but the idea was, and we never succeeded at this, but we're going to go to the pier. We're going to get some actual bait from the bait shop right by the pier. We're going to catch a fish, and then we're going to bring it home and cook it. Family. Right? So <laughs> basically, uh, we would just be hanging out at the pier not really catching anything, but you know what? We tried a lot when we were kids. We would also go fishing in this little, what we called a creek, but it was this little sewage runoff, and there were crawfish in there, and we would catch those. Mmm, tasty. Yum, yum. <laughs> Can't eat those. Mikey, you poked in there. Do you want to go next? Uh, sure. Mikey, you're recording from Chicago, Illinois. Wow. Uh, just moved here. It was very hectic. So I had a little, uh, adventure of my own like Frodo, except I carry the ring myself. I'm not a little bitch like Frodo. (laughs) Um, uh, fishing. I haven't gone in a while. Uh, used to go with my dad and brother, uh, not a lot, but just like every once in a while. But hooking a worm isn't bad. I feel like taking the fish off of the hook is is the harder part and more gross. Mm. And so it's like, it's fun to catch it, but then I'm kind of at a loss and it's like, ugh. I almost want to just toss the whole rod back into the, because <laughs> I don't want to take the fish off of the hook. That's like the worst part. And it's like, they say it doesn't hurt, but it's like, you know. It's a hook in an animal's mouth. It's like, there's no easy way to do it. So I don't really go fishing that often. I like fish though. Very tasty. But yeah, it's pretty much just video game fishing from here. We're not really going in any east to west order tonight. So I'll just get us into Indiana. This is Josh from Goshen. And I don't think brother Jordan really emphasized our dad enough when he talked about fishing when he was younger. um, Because he... Maybe this wasn't your experience with him, Jordan, but he used to be a crazy fisherman. He used to fish like every single weekend a lot. I, I often got like forced to go when <laughs> I was oh, when yeah. I was very little, when I was kind of the only one old enough to Boy. go. And I don't really have a love to fishing to this day. I feel like it really tested my patience as a kid. I never liked pulling the guts out of the fish or hooking worms. He made me hook this is the worst thing. Hooking shrimp is one thing. You're stabbing like the hook through its like outer exoskeleton and you can see all its organs in there. You can like if you look close, you can see its heart pounding in there. Just stabbing a hook in there, just getting it nice and snug so you can toss it into the horrifying ocean for another creature to come zap it. But Jordan, the scariest part was always getting the shrimp out of the bucket. I'm going to disagree with you on that because i'm i'm on mikey's side here that taking the fish off the hook uh i mean even like a little bluegill is pretty rough but it's like a rite of passage but once you get like 
stuff out of the ocean or like a bigger like bass or something they start flailing those uh fins on their back mm, yep. that shit sucks <laughs> I, I gotta That's say way a- worse than reaching in the shrimp bucket there's not uh, like no bigger high to immediately drop off <laughs> of endorphins of like ah oh, fuck now i gotta just mess with this now i gotta handle this fish and cut it open if i'm planning to eat it later it's like ugh. going back to the shrimp bucket though I'm just like a kid looking at this bucket. Can't see the shrimp because they're hiding in this murky water. So you just <laughs> got to reach your hand in that down in there till you feel something. And of course, if you start to grab something, all of a sudden a bunch of them like jerk and the water kind of splashes. <laughs> and like the whole point is that you're grabbing them to stab them through the throat. It's just pretty terrifying. Anyway, I digress. Let's keep going through Indiana. Stevie, you mind going next? Sure. Um... Yeah, I fished with live bait before. Um, in Florida, usually my cousins, like my uncles and I, will go deep sea fishing, usually between, usually between like 10 and, 10 and 20 miles out. Um, but uh, one of the fun fishes to catch uh, is called amberjack. It's not tuna, even though it's called amberjack tuna. And uh, use a blue runner. And those fuckers will eat anything that moves, and usually they weigh between like, like when we were catching them, usually between like 40 and 70 pounds. And out of the ocean is heavy as hell, so it requires a belt. And it's some of the most fun shit in the world. Can you see the shore from that far out, 10, 20 miles? No, 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 no. Nope, nope. Not at all. Perfect place for murder. Yeah. Where do you you stand on Worm's rights, though, Stevie? On worms rights, kill them. Not even for fishing. Yeah. Just like take a gun to a worm and just shoot it. Who cares? They're just grubs. Pretty heavy on the worms rights. There. I was talking about shoot shrimp first of all. But oh, okay. anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on over to Fort Wayne. Cassie, something yeah. though. You ever been deep sea fishing? Yeah. I've not. Well, have you ever tried to catch a really heavy fish with a light test? Yes. Pretty much where you just gotta let them go, and when they tire out, try to reel them in. Yeah, but not like Matthew McConaughey and Serenity or anything. That's like what amberjack fishing is like, but it takes like 40 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's it's pretty fun. Spangler! Oh, I've got one! I've got a fish me! Spangler! Go on! Go on! Go on! Put it on! Brett, one of my oldest friends. Got any fishing stories? No, not really. This is Brett. Um, I don't think I've fished since late teens. I used to like growing up. Um, I I hate baiting the the hook. That's I used to be able to kind of do it with the worm, but like grubs to me are like the freaking grossest thing. Um, and to echo what Mikey and Joe said, actually, my wife. She can do everything, but she hates taking the fish off of the hook. So, I mean, they got like spikes on top and yeah, it's just crazy. It's, it's all right. Uh, actually, now that I quit smoking, I don't think fishing would be nearly as fun for me. So, uh, if I'm going to sit there all day, I, I need to chain smoke. And, uh, so I don't know. What if, what if you had some hobbit weed with you? Long bottom the best leaf. weed of the Shire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably do that. I mean, let's be honest here. Fishing is an excuse to get drunk on a boat. For sure. Yeah. I mean, to drink and stuff. I, With your friends. That's what I did the last time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But no, I don't have any good 
fishing stories, really. I don't think we fished a lot on Lake Monroe. Uh, if I would have known what I knew later on about Lake Monroe, I, I'm glad we didn't eat anything from Lake Monroe. It's like the dirtiest lake in the Midwest. So, uh, pretty glad. <laughs> a lot of bodies we there. Swimming that. <laughs> a lot of great times at lake, but it's really dirty. In the Midwest, that can't be true. No, I, I bet it's up there, though. Well, the reason I asked you all this question about fishing, you may have guessed, is that we open this movie with Gollum, who's then called uh, Smeagol, and his buddy or brother or cousin Deagle. Lover. They're out there. They're out there fishing, having a good time. You see him bait a worm right off the bat, and maybe this is my quest in trying to make sense of this choice because in the first two movies, we start off with. What is that battle, Brett? The Battle of Evermore or whatever. The- <laughs> no, the Battle of the Last Alliance. The Last Alliance. Battle of Evanescence. Yeah. <laughs> the Battle of Evanescence starts the first movie. In the second movie, we get this epic battle between Gandalf and a Balrog, like an angel and a demon. And here we get just a little dude fishing. Guys being dudes. Is this a thoughtful choice, Stevie? Like, what what do you think is the point of this intro? Well, I think it's trying to show the ring can, you know, even tear two lovers apart, you know, so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I really think the uh, makeup team really wanted to flex their muscles. And that's one way to do it with this beginning, is to kind of show the evolution of Smeagol to Gollum in a very, very cool way. I listened to the director's commentary, Josh, and what Peter Jackson said is that this was supposed to be in two towers, but they cut it, but they didn't want to like lose it. And the thought was that there's barely any ring in two towers. This is going to like refocus the audience on the story of the ring. That was his rationale, at least. Almost forgot about the ring. The Lord of the Ring. <laughs> I did notice that there's a little bit of George Lucas symmetry that rhymes here. Uh, the last movie, Return of the King, starts off with a real downplayed beginning and ends with like the most epic battle ever. And the first movie starts with the most like epic battle ever and kind of ends with a couple hobbits on a boat, basically. That does does that rhyme to you? Pat? It rhymes. It's like poetry. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought that one of those like golems in the middle with the makeup Stevie kind of looked like Jim Carrey's The Grinch for like one scene. One thousand percent. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you saw that. I go The Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I know exactly what you're talking about. When he's in the full prosthetic golem and he looks like the alien golem, you know, and he's very scary looking, but you can tell it's practical, it's real. Like there's actually something there instead of the CGI effect. I part of me wants that to be the golem in the whole series. The only problem with that, I think, is that it would almost be impossible to be sympathetic to that at any point. <laughs> so fucking gross. Like I'd say the other problem is the one they have freaking rules. So you know what I mean? He's amazing. The one they have is good. I happen to be more just into practical over CGI. So I just think it looks better. But it's uh, maybe a little bit too horrifying, that version. It's a little brundle fly, you know what I mean? Brundle fly. That's the one where he talks and his voice is really deep. 
Yeah. Jordan, Josh, you pr- you're my brother. So, yeah. And oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, you brought up Deagle and Smeagol. I one thing I don't get is that like when they're on the boat and they're supposed to be cousins, Deagle is I I would say like Irish judging by his voice he has an irish accent and then smeagol talks and he sounds fucking insane and I, I'm, I'm guessing they had to like retrofit his voice back because like oh he sounded like this in two movies like it has to like his voice when it's so I hate crazy. that call to jordan i think there's enough context clues that we didn't need the voice to n- identify him as Gollum. He could his voice could evolve over the course of that same sequence it's Oh, it absolutely weird. should. He has this like cough thing he does. He's obviously been chain smoking with Brett fishing for like several <laughs> years. Like his voice is going to be different. Brett made it out alive. <laughs> Josh, do you think there's like something wrong with Smeagol like from the get go? Like before the ring ever shows up, the very first thing we see of Smeagol is him holding the little worm. And looking at it with a kind of like an intense curiosity, and then he brings in the hook into frame. And it's almost like he's taking joy out of doing this thing that all of you guys <laughs> said kind of troubled you to do when you were younger. You know, putting the live insect or whatever on the hook. As, do you think that's trying to tell us something? I see the a little bit of derangedness in him. But I also, the, I guess the way I see it is there's also like an innocence there too. And I think his race is almost like a dumber version of the hobbits or something. That's kind of how whoa, I make sense whoa, of it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, the ring fucks him up right away and it fucks Deagle up right away. But Frodo and Bilbo, like they're cool for a long time with the ring, you know, for sure. And just to hit one more thing on this section, Jordan, I know you well, you're my brother. When Smeagol goes on this like whole diatribe about how he's forgotten the taste of bread and the sound of the trees. <laughs> Did you like that part? part where Smeagol lost his mind (laughs) (laughs) first off Mikey wasn't even here for the uh, Shire investigative unit chat before (laughs) he's still spot on yeah he's still spot on with the uh, the soundboard Um, but actually no I hated that scene Josh the I (laughs) like when he says the sound of the trees that like really hits home to me because I think that that's like a thing I don't think about very much. And it like reminds me to like think about like nature and stuff. But he's uh super fucked up and going crazy and I hate it. I believe the wind actually makes the noise, not the trees. Something like that. Low stuff. Why do you hate it? Like the like you think it's bad filmmaking or like No, no, no. I don't hate I I mean Josh asked me if I liked I guess I like the filmmaking, but I don't enjoy that specific piece of him going insane, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> he is pretty gross. Yeah. What do you think he was biting into? I mean, obviously it was supposed to be a fish, but like, what do you think the prop was? Cause it, 
I don't know. It looked very. I think Andy Circus bites into fish for film. <laughs> oh really? I mean, it looked kind of weird on the outside. <laughs> so I was like, is it rubber? But the inside looked like straight up fish. I don't know. Did that bother you at all, Stevie? The close up chewing? No. I just wish that like to really emphasize how awful Gollum, you know, what he turned into. I wish he would have like drug Deagle's body into the cave. Yeah. I think that would have been cool on film to see him like dragging him up the rocks (laughs) and like, you know, through like the cave and maybe he's talking to him still. Like, I think that would have been like kind of cool. Oh, it would have been like, what's that Elijah Wood movie where he's a dead body? And like (laughs) Swiss Army Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. That's a Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. That's Harry Potter. Although they look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, the, instead of that scene, Stevie, we get this like quick montage clip of seemingly Sm- Smeagol like being kicked out of his town, just like moaning in the rain. Which <laughs> you got, you love to see that. I would love to see Literally. an SVU though. Like that would have been great. Like just to see some like River Folk or Hobbit police would have been awesome. This may be lame, Pappy, but I freaking love. I guess the choreography of this fight like not many words are said between the two like Smeagol never says hey did you find that ring at the bottom of the river yes I found it but you can't have it do you like Mm -hmm. how this thing like escalates well I've never understood why Smeagol calls Deagle my love that's always been a little bit weird to me but I did British thing yeah I guess still a little weird I'm with Stevie they might be kissing cousins but so like i i don't want to like keep referencing the commentary but it's my favorite commentary of all time these are the rings ones and i never heard this before so apparently speaking of the choreography andy circus directed this whole sequence while he was acting in it as well because they were out of directors at the time basically like they're just shooting everywhere all over new zealand and peter jackson's like hey you want to direct yourself here so i think it looks good i mean it's, I don't know, like a little cheesy, maybe, but I, I, mean, I don't Pat, know. It's they a good ran way to out of the ADs. Movie. They they had no more ADs, no more That's second directors, and, and Peter Jackson's <laughs> just like, "Hey, can you direct this?" <laughs> Andy Serkis is like, "Yeah." That's so not? awesome. Was this like the first thing he directed? Then <clears throat> I don't even think he's credited as it. As it, I've only ever heard that in the the commentary that I watched. I would toss this back then to Corey. I think there's a little bit of evidence here that Smeagol is, um, you can be empathetic towards him. I think the biggest clue for me here is like Deagle starts choking him first. Do you, oh, yeah. do you pull, do you pull anything out of here for em- empathy Smeagol wise? Well, they, it could have easily been Deagle. He could have been the golem because they were trying to kill each other pretty equally. You know, I think Smeagol just came out on top. But there's a there's a ferocity to that fight that I like a lot, and uh, you know it starts off just tense, right? But Smeagol, he gets close to Deagle. Like he usually, if you see two people fight, they're like at arm's length, and they kind of, you know, there's boxing involved, or it starts out like that at least. But they go like nose to nose, 
Smeagol goes super close to him and then they kind of like circle each other and start slapping at each other and you, you just get the feeling that like <laughs> yeah there's going to be like an intensity to the, like there's going to be a lot of like eye gouging and like face clawing like that's the kind of fight this is going to be had that trivia a while back it takes like four minutes for someone to completely like die of lack of oxygen so i feel like we got a lot of that four minutes on screen of smeagol just squeezing his neck for like a while is that part of the extended edition i don't know but it is peter jackson mentioned that too they had to lengthen or shorten it from sensors make sure it's medically accurate the full four minutes get four minutes in there well, let's keep moving on here. We get more Smeagol slash Gollum because he's with Sam and Frodo. And Brett, I'm going to toss this to you in just a second, but I'll just be honest. I'm not a huge fan of these two scenes with these three at the beginning of this movie. I don't think they're terrible, but I kind of get the sense like we've already seen these same scenes and kind of plays play out in two towers. They kind of hit these beats of like, Gollum's bad and Frodo's getting tempted and Sam's trying to stave it off as long as he can and maybe it's because we've seen these so many times but does this feel repetitive to you? I feel both ways. Um, Yes, it's kind of like a recycling of a couple scenes in Two Towers but I guess my only argument to the contrary would be a good chunk of the two towers Gollum's turning back into Smeagol, he's being nice, he's helping and then it's kind of just to reiterate that he felt betrayed at the end of the second movie and maybe it's just kind of a reminder uh, and they're also and that's for the first scene when they're all like oh yeah we get it Sam is looking after Frodo, Frodo's sad Smeagol's, de- but like the second one is kind of setting up the whole Smeagol's gonna turn on them and he's gonna uh, set up Sam. I don't know. I mean, I could see both ways. Uh, at least they don't dwell on it too long. Maybe I'm being a curmudgeon, Brett, because you know how much I love to see happy, warm Elijah Wood. Like, it just make, brings me so much joy, and we don't really get that here. Yeah. Oh, those days are gone. Long gone. <laughs> <laughs> You only get a glimpse of that in the first movie. I like that too, Josh. I think I mentioned that originally. Like, it's it's nice to see that because so much of Lord of the Rings, he's not like that. Plus the meme, the uh, keep your secrets. I mean, that's like lastingly <laughs> put into my brain, him smiling, happy. <laughs> the one saving grace of this scene actually comes at the very beginning of it. And basically... <laughs> 
<laughs> Elijah Wood is caught like beating off by Smeagol. <laughs> He's like down there just like stroking the ring. And like Sam starts to stir, and Gollum pokes his head down there, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Zips up real quick. Not, not doing any, not doing anything. <laughs> you need help. That played for a lot of laughs huh? Huh? this yeah, time around. Well, somebody else has struck that ring for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sam would be like, "If anyone's gonna stroke it, it's gonna be me." <laughs> yeah. Oh I do. So, I yeah. I think they're they're missing something here because like. Frodo, uh, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but Frodo ends up suspecting Sam of stealing food, but Sam is the one who initially brings up, like, hey, we're low on food, Hasn't though. lost a pound. True. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's the one that, like, mentions it, and so if he was stealing food, why would he bring it to Frodo's attention? Like, hey, we're low, heads up. I just, crime. He's just going back to the original uh, crime scene. I also, too, wonder, Jordan... Smeagol gives Sam this like glare at one point like I got you (laughs) like this creature has been in a cave for like a couple hundred years this is like surprisingly high interpersonal manipulation skills (laughs) he's a master troller (laughs) he wants to be as tricksy as the hobbits is keep this guy away from keyboards (laughs) yeah imagine this guy on reddit (laughs) So we do have other people in this first part that I have. And if you're following the time, I should have brought this up earlier. The if you're following stamps. the timestamps, which, you know what? They were smooth this year. Brett took care of it. Not a big deal. We got the timestamps in. Josh took no part in the timestamps. It went perfectly smooth this year, guys. And that's why my section is so darn long. Zero <laughs> to 31.4. That's Yeah, that's it wasn't mine. a great place to stop. Plus, I wanted to at least give you a good scene. Like it's all right. Pippin in the Palantir is a pretty good scene. I mean, they're pretty even. Josh, we'll yours is the shortest, except for Pappy's. Pappy's is shortest, but trust me, Pappy has the <laughs> most meat like, by far. We'll get there. I love the old uh, days when I just assigned myself five minutes of film time. Yeah, <laughs> we all love that. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> so let's get to our other parties here. We got a reunion of sorts happening back at Sor- Saruman's old joint. And Stevie, I always consider this to be one of the two towers. And no one's left in that tower except a wizard who's locked himself away, right? A wizard and his uh, little slave, yeah. This is um, <laughs> probably the fattest part of the extended edition, I think. Yeah. it's This is a really fat scene. This is where you know you got Aragorn, Legolas, Gandalf, Gimli... Heading through Fanghorn, get to Isengard. You know, they run into Treebeard and Merry and Pippin. Lots of ins, lots of outs. And then we get uh, Saruman and Grimma on uh, top of what's it called? The Orthanc, Brett? Yeah, Orthanc Tower. <laughs> the Orthanc Tower, one of the two towers. And it's tower number two, I think. So is it official then, Brett? Minas Morgul is tower one? Oh, I don't know if there's. Numbers. I mean, it it starts well. Are they like doing it over the walkie talkies? Tower one to tower, tower one, two. Tower two. This is me. <laughs> I, don't the I don't think they're like. I, I don't think they're numbered. I think it's just the two towers. You say this part is fat, Stevie, right? It's but super fat. I'm wondering, Mikey, do you like Thaden's speech about attaining peace? It's so or bad. 
Or are you just thinking this guy needs to shut up at this point? Um. Yeah, I kind of like don't remember this. I mean, I've, I've probably only seen the extended version probably once or twice, so I don't really remember this that well. But um, other than Saruman falling, it doesn't give me a lot of info that I care or need about. And I was honestly like, oh, did did Aragorn was Aragorn just like walking around in the forest and say, Hey, my friends are over there. <laughs> like, I don't remember him <laughs> at the two towers. Like, I don't know. I just want to see the map or whatever of like everybody crisscrossing <laughs> paths. Cause I feel like some people are just like running into each other at very convenient times or maybe it's just for the movies, but yeah. Just later like in Indiana, just like an Indiana Jones of them walking across Mordor. <laughs> the little yeah. Red dots. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, the thing about this scene, Josh, I feel like in the extended edition, you need it because otherwise Pippin just feels like a huge dumbass later, right? Like he needs a reason to pick up the Palantir, but it's, it feels like it should be in two towers. You know what I mean? It's like that part of the story. Yeah. Seems a little late. That's honestly, I have this as like my last note, but I'll just use it now. I think my section specifically, it feels half in two towers still. Just this yes. first half an hour, it's like it yeah. can't quite get out of that mode. We're still <laughs> dealing with the Rahiram and Rohan. I it's mean, all in the book, The Two Towers. Yeah, so that I was going to yeah. say, Josh, I, like something that's fascinating to me is that I'm pretty sure Frodo and Sam destroy the ring in chapter three of Return of the King. So you're not wrong. This is all out of really two towersy stuff and it's like why are we getting introduced to a new macguffin when we already have one <laughs> macguffin that's so powerful this i don't is know third it's act. kind of important though for the trickery at the end because i mean we'll get to that with the palantir and pippin and stuff but i don't know if they mentioned it in the movie but like sauron thought after dueling through that thing that aragorn had the ring so that explains why he concentrated all of his forces at the end. I mean, we'll get there, but... Um. I totally get why this was cut from the theatrical version, though. Like, even Saruman's mm-hmm. death, I understand it. Because it feels but like... without it, we have no closure. We don't know what happens to him well, at all. Well, th- that's kind of the thing, though, is, I mean, Two Towers is Saruman's movie, for sure. I mean, he's tied yeah. to yeah. everything bad in that movie. And once they're, like, the, Ur- the Urukai fall, for the most part... In Two Towers, it really it feels, you know, even with the Ents and Treebeard at the end, it feels like the end of Saruman. So I feel I un- totally understand why it was cut from this theatrical version. As much why as not? you, what as I agree the end with of you, two towers? and that Saruman's <laughs> death could be left to imagination, mm-hmm. we would have never gotten that story about being stabbed in the back and how he like stabbed people in the back during World War II and like told Peter Jackson what it sounds like. <laughs> It's a badass story. You guys all know about that, right? It's yeah. like almost as famous yeah. as the yeah. as the toes broken on the boot. It'll be on board. Reddit after we post this episode. It's on there like every month. Mm. So just <laughs> wait. When Wormtongue rises up and comes up behind Saruman to stab him, um, of course, it was my job as director to talk to Christopher Lee and to explain to him what I what I wanted. So I started to go into this long explanation about what sort of sound he should make when he got stabbed. I seem to recall that I did say to Peter, have you any idea of what kind of noise 
happens when somebody is stabbed in the back. And I said, because well, I do. It's because the breath is driven out of your body. He proceeded to sort of talk about some very clandestine part of World War II. He used to be in the, the British Secret Service, whatever they were called, the OSS. He seemed to have expert knowledge of exactly the sort of noise that they make, and so I just sort of didn't push the subject any further, I guess. But I will say, Kylo, if there's anything worth keeping in this section, it's this wizard duel. It, it's a Fireball, bro. Come yeah, on. There's, there's a fireball. We do get to see Saruman fall and get impaled on the spike, but can you... Just since this is the last time we see Saruman and Christopher Lee, like what book-wise, lore-wise are the stakes here with these two wizards? One used to be the white, one's the white now, and can you fill in the dots a little bit? Yeah, I think so. So Saruman was like the shit before Gandalf became Gandalf the white. But like Gandalf is basically way more powerful than Saruman. He just, like, with words, breaks Saruman's staff. He's like, your staff is broke. This shit explodes in his hand, you know? <laughs> of course, after <laughs> Saruman shoots his fireball, which is... It's a power move. I think a nice touch. Very movie-specific, that little fireball blast, but still cool. <laughs> no Nike um, squeaking, though. <laughs> yeah. Unforged. I do miss Suicides. that. Suicides. What they touch on in the movie, and is a bigger part in the book and I've talked about this before, is like the voice of Saruman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. His words, he can manipulate people easily. It's like almost like his inherent magic ability. It, it, it's not really magic, but it's, it's like kind of magic. It's, uh, he, he's a master manipulator. The and voice. in the book, when he confronts everyone from his tower and he says to Theoden and to the people of Rohan and Aragorn, he's like... He gets them, right? He basically like kind of turns them on his side for uh, for like yeah. a minute until like Gandalf like breaks the spell. But he's like, "Come on, we can all be friends." Like, you know what? Let's let bygones be bygones. He it's much more smooth than this, but <laughs> it's very well written actually. And uh, everyone starts to say, "You know what? Maybe Saruman isn't so bad." <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy now, guys. He's got a point. He could purify our water. It's funny too cuz when you read it, you kind of are convinced of it too. Like it's so well written. That you're kind of like, huh, this, you know what, maybe, you know what, maybe he can join our side. It's all right. What does he promise? Is he like, I'll go to Africa and make water wells for the poor and I'll, I'll overthrow the communist party in China. Like, what could he possibly promise? I'll advance your space program. It's not so much like making amends, but it's more like. You know, uh, thank you for freeing me from uh, Sauron. Now I'm on the right side. And, you know, <laughs> I, those orcs were running wild and like kind of just like, like kind of like making excuses to the point that make it seem like Saruman might not mm. be that bad. One of mm. us. One of us. <laughs> uh, speaking of not that bad, we get Theoden, who's still trying to kind of make... He's still trying to complete his redemptive arc here in this third act of Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure he ever gets there, but um, I don't know. Who likes to talk about how much Eowyn loves Aragorn the most out of you guys? Because this is a continuing theme that we've laughed a lot about in this pod. And it kind of reminds me of like 
being at like a college party where people are like crashing around the place and like Aragorn thinks this one chick is hot so he like goes to where she's sleeping and just kind of hangs out there for a while cool bastard like oh I'll watch TV in this mm, room I don't know about this it, the t- yeah I'll watch TV in here for a while where the hot girl happens to be sleeping on the couch oh, just hang Good out Lord, here what kind of parties did you go to <laughs> dude she she was plowing him with drinks the whole night she comes up to him and it's makes true. him drink her wine she gave him one sip <laughs> that's all he took because she thought it was it and was we her know she's soup, a terrible chef, so what's in that <laughs> yeah, It's better than what she gave him last movie. Yeah. But my horse eyeball soup. Cotton ball soup. Yeah, with horse <laughs> yeah. eyeballs. Yeah. She gave That's him a cup of loogies. Like, here, try this. I did not get those vibes at all, Josh. Whatever you're flying <laughs> about, Aragorn. Yeah, I don't know. He, he looked at her feet. It was very unusual. Like, there was a, a vague Tarantino vibe at play here. <laughs> no, she, she wasn't. Guy. Her feet were not covered by the blanket and the fire was going out his eye line goes right to her foot man yeah because it's bare compared to the blanket yeah but i saw the lust in his eyes there's also a couple close-ups of hands like when he's like rearranging the collar or like rearranging he's rearranging the blanket up by like her collar neck and she like she grabs his hand and there's a very close close close-up of that he grabs her hand and pets it He's having a nightmare. She she wakes up and says, what time is it? What the fuck is he supposed to say? What time Clocks is it? Clocks haven't been invented yet. <laughs> it's not yet wow. dawn. It's either like nighttime or daytime. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are closed. It's nighttime. <laughs> Get up and do some chores. It's daytime. Is there anyone that's going to bite on that? You don't Make think it's some soup. <laughs> no one else thinks it's inappropriate. Aragorn knows this chick is crushing on him. Like, yeah, why no, is he bastard. walking around there? He's cruel. Is that yes. what you're saying, Stevie? He's such a cruel. He's fuck. got a high opinion of her. I don't know about all he that. He literally has like the entire halls of Edoras to walk around in, and he keeps yeah. messing with this girl that he knows he has infinite power over. Okay, well, keep in mind here, there is a, a war going on. He's laser-focused on the objective at hand, guys. Yeah. I don't think there's, there's any time to There's also two fuck. girls in the whole realm. <laughs> yeah, He's lonely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Stevie said that last time. There's two attractive women in Middle Earth, and they both want Aragorn. And they both have the same name. And one of them's Gandalf, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's very old. Pappy, I kind of skipped over the drinking fight with Gimli and Legolas, and that kind of continues the body count fight in the mm. movie before. But did you get anything out of this? Did you did you like Orlando's acting? <sighs> I No. I, I don't think this is in the theatrical cut. It's game over. It's not, I don't remember. It's again, it's the kind of the continuation of the Gimli humor from the last movie that feels a little bit over the top. I mean, apparently he improvised a line about swimming with hairy women or whatever he says, which is pretty funny, but I, I don't know. I, I'm still not a big fan of the Gimli That's humor. You like the tickle, the tingle? I thought it was pretty funny. It's cool for nerds because elves, they drink like um, a fey wine, I think it is, which is like basically absinthe. So like this <laughs> regular trip. shit doesn't work on him. But that's just like nerd D&D shit. It's almost like fan service a little bit. Was he tricking him the whole time or was he, did he not know that it was not going to affect him? I thought Legolas was like 
tricking him the whole time. Like, he knew it was going to happen. <laughs> he sure. was watching Gimli <laughs> poison himself <laughs> until he passed out. Does anyone, did like, anyone pick up any subtle clues from the subtle acting from Orlando that could maybe clue us in on if he knew and when he knew? <laughs> no? Okay. He shifted his eyes a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Looked at his fingers. And a blank look on his face. We got two more scenes to get to in chapter one. And we're going to go really quick through this one because I already said I didn't really like these Samwise, Frodo, Gollum scenes here at the beginning. But this is where we get Gollum giving the glare that I mentioned earlier. And also, like, they, they start climbing this huge staircase. And... Already? Uh, there's, like... Yeah. And there's a gigantic... Am I? I'm not getting into your zone here, am I? Yeah. Uh, you are. You oh, I'm much scared. Yeah, time stamps. Oh boy. You even talked about Gollum and uh, Smeagol meeting to murder Frodo and Sam. Josh, why don't we take a quiz on the timestamps if you're not going to follow them? <laughs> I copied and pasted the timestamps over. That's my bad. Josh, I think I might. When I said Samwise catches Gollum scheming, I, I, I'm worried that you thought that I meant like he dropped a Lambus bread. That's way later. This is just he hears him talking to himself. Reflection in the water. Saying he's going to kill the hobbits. No, yeah. So that happens. And we'll we'll just get to the last <laughs> scene here then. <laughs> Honestly, those scenes are just... There's not that much that we can talk about that's new there. But I, Yeah, I do like when he talks to himself, though. I think that's pretty funny and good. I do, too. It's all when in he's the talking eyes. About, like, it's all in the, the fish. eyes. What does he say doesn't taste very good? And he's like, no, that's it doesn't. That's hilarious. That, that is yeah. so funny. This is, I, I agree, it's fun to watch, but I had the sense with these scenes, like even that is revisiting the greatest yeah. hits from the last thing. Like we've seen that two take of him with different colored eyes. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse about that. Not very nice at all, my love. She hungers for sweeter meats, meat. Then we will find it and take it for me. For us. My favorite scene in my section, probably. Brett, thank you for including this in my section. Yeah. But Pippin, so. Pippin, ever since he saw this bowling ball drop in the water <laughs> at Orthanc. <laughs> He's been just thinking about it. They even have like a revisit to tabletop dancing with beer at some point during my section. And he like sees Gandalf and stops thinking about beer because Gandalf reminds him of this bowling ball. <laughs> He's like obsessed with this. Yeah, it's like an addiction. So he wakes up. Well, he never went to sleep at night because he's just waiting for Gandalf to fall asleep. And he goes over there and he he steals this Palantir bowling ball, which is like some sort of like seeing eye thing for Sauron. Kylo, there's a lot to unpack here, but basically he gets zapped by it and kind of possessed for a minute. Like Gandalf then just grabs it and wraps it up in a blanket really quick. But that's kind of what happens but can you tell me kind of like what the fallout is to all of those things yeah well pippin just wants to recreate the pondering the orb meme and just you know ponder the orb a little bit 
And what happens is that it uh, links him to Sauron. So when he holds it, on the other end is Sauron, who's basically like probing his mind, trying to find out whatever he can find out. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a connective link kind of thing. So these, these orbs, you have one, and then another person has another one, and you can kind of like communicate across the land. It's like the early internet. It's Middle Earth internet is what <laughs> these things are. So, it's like in Harry Potter when Voldemort and Harry like connect. They both like are let in on the other's location yeah. and stuff like that, or that, something. It is true, but that's to add to what Corey's saying. Yes, they are like communication devices and stuff like that. But in the hands of someone like Sauron, they're like so much more than that. Um, like Denethor can't look at that thing, and you know, obviously, that's I'm probably don't even need to say that, but like he can do a lot more with those stones than the stones, anything else. So continue, Corey. Sorry. Wait, what do you mean? Den- Denethor could? Well, no, no, I'm saying Denethor is looking through his his Palantir, but I'm just saying Sauron can do so much more than just kind of communicate through these stones. He can see a lot more what's going on around everything else. So, Luckily for the Fellowship, Pippin is totally useless, and it, the bowling ball is no use in his hands. <laughs> no thoughts. Yeah, what are those names, Pap? Like... <laughs> I don't know. All those. I just started to see all these memes about well, Pippin being useless or P- Pippin not having a brain cell. You had one where it was like the two <laughs> guys facing off. Like my favorite one is it's like Gandalf is like bad news, guys. Sora knows everything Pippin does. Good news, Pippin doesn't know shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sauron actually got dumber when he probed Pippin's mind. <laughs> high on long bottom leaf. Like a contact high. He's smoking that Neville long bottom leaf, yeah. Josh, my only problem with this scene is that you, like, they find out that they're going to attack Gondor, and it's supposed to be this big reveal, right? That's one of they wanted to question um, Sauron to find out where they're going to strike next. But then when you see Gondor... It's half a block from Mordor. Like, where else would they strike first? It couldn't be any closer. Like, of course, that's the first place. I can't really answer that one. I think uh, Gondor was always, like, the arch rival of Mordor, right? So that's always where they would attack. Maybe, Brett, Corey, is it something to do with just the how soon it's all happening? Is that kind of yeah, what I the think clue so. is? Like they're already on the march, yeah. But Corey might know more. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the vibe I got from the movie side anyway. Is like, oh shit, this is happening now. We need to go there now. Like, if if there's going to be a war at Gondor, Gandalf has to be present for it because you know his uh his new counterpart, the Witch King, will be there too. So they need him. There's actually a really good. Uh, summary of the the Palantir orb thing on Wikipedia and it shows how much it fucks up uh, Sauron like throughout this last section of the story it's pretty pretty cool how, how many how many four locos is it equivalent to chugging <laughs> six <laughs> okay oh okay oh I my god they, uh... <laughs> uh, it's just like he he sees like portions of the truth and he interprets it in a certain way like Josh said similar to how like Voldemort fucks up because he sees stuff that Harry sees and here Sauron like sees Pippin and thinks that Soriman has Pippin and thus has the ring because it's like small folk 
And so he's going to like go on the attack sooner now. And that, right. that kind of sets in motion different things. And there's a few other times. Like thinking the ring is nearby, like kind of like forces things into motion for him. Right. Yeah. He, he starts to like push a little bit more and it opens some gaps for, I think like Frodo and Sam, maybe mm-hmm. I'm like looking at a map right now. I have no idea, but yeah, it, like, like you said, it kind of, pushes the action a little bit so they have to move a little faster well full disclosure jordan we are recording two podcasts chapter one and two tonight you're hosting the second one it's getting late so i feel like we should get to trivia here that is the end of my section is that cool with everybody yeah there's no way we can do three of these in a night no thinking ahead (laughs) two 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 one it is (laughs) no definitely not i mean yeah hence we start early or not but yeah we're working overtime for the fans here, for sure. We worked in three last time right. because Josh had a four-minute part. <laughs> the timestamps so. were kind to Josh, <laughs> somehow. Rigged, I think, is the word. If you somehow haven't listened to our other episodes on Lord of the Rings, first I'd suggest you go back and do that. Listen to six episodes of The Fellowship, then seven episodes of Two Towers, then come back here. But what we're going to do... And the animated movie. Don't forget. Yeah, that's in the... Th- yeah. Okay. Nah, let's forget. Well, why don't we Listen, forget? We're, we're going to get desperate for more LOTR content, too, <laughs> and we'll probably cover other things. But like this trilogy is kind of holy. I think we all know that. So at least listen to these episodes. And if you do, you'll know that we are looking to crown... Yes, I'll say it. A Lord that's- of the Lord of the Rings. So far, the last two films, Stevie, you've come out on top. Yeah, we found out the ring makes the ring bear really cocky. That's what we found out. <laughs> and I'm unfortunately, sorry, boys. it's weighing me down. I gotta let this thing go. The winner is the Lord of the Lord of the Rings, and the loser gets dubbed the Gollum. And Mikey, where there's peaks with Stevie, there's some valleys with you because that's been you so far, buddy. Can you break? Okay, the why don't we here? look at the data though? Okay, let's go back and see how many times Stevie has watched the extended editions compared to me twice. Uh, Stevie watches this like every weekend. Of it's course, true. he's gonna win. This is it's true. like, well, why are we even playing this game? Because it's fun, Pappy. the The viewership loves trivia, right? We got to always do trivia. Got it. Not as much as you love trivia, Josh. Right that's for sure. Yeah. All right. I do like giving you guys trivia, especially for Lord of the Rings. So let's get into this. Stevie, you are the Lord of the Lord of the Rings, and I want you to decide the order for this. And I'm not going to tell you what game it is yet. So just decide an order of spoiler man. Don't I have such a commanding lead though? I would have to like die to not be Lord of the Rings. It's zero to zero. Nah, it's bro. a tie game. Ah, yeah. You Stevie get these little Lord bonuses like Lords choosing, of the, choosing of the, the order and stuff like that while you're ring bear. Okay. You don't just get like a 10 point lead or something. All right. So we'll go Pappy, Corey, Jordan, Brett, Mikey. Whoa, me. whoa, 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 whoa. Pappy, Corey, Pappy, Corey whoa. Brett, Jordan, Mikey, me. Yep. But me is Stevie. Brett. Me is Stevie. The royal Jordan. me. The royal Mikey. me. Stevie. All right. I think that was a good choice, Stevie, because this is a classic closest to. No! 
And we're getting <laughs> into this zone where we're going to start talking about the eye of Sauron more and more and more. But I want to know from you guys is what is the length and diameter of the largest eye in the animal kingdom? The giant squid has this eye. Hmm. Oh, wow. I thought we were guessing the end of measurement. Are we talking about here? metric tons? Metric tons. <laughs> <laughs> metric we're gonna tons go, diameter. We're going to go in inches. Okay. <laughs> and I will say. Wait yeah. a second. We'll, people probably know this, but we'll score this like a track meet. So whoever gets last gets zero. Whoever gets first gets six points. Um, 14 inches. Thank you. Corey. 24 inches. Jesus Christ. The eyes two feet. Holy shit. Josh, can you can you yeah. say the question again? Inches in diameter of a giant squid. Sorry, I was writing the order. <laughs> Largest eye in the animal kingdom, I hear. It is. Sci- 24 Scientists inches. think that's it's probably the biggest eye that's ever been on Earth. Or giant sloth exactly. bears. Brett, you got a guess? Um, I'm like fifth, I thought. I think it's Jordan right now. Wait. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm after Corey. I'm going to say... Uh, diameter, fuck. So diameter is all the way across. The radius is halfway to the center. Do we so need the circumference or just the diameter? <laughs> Times by pi or whatever. Yep. What would you right. say, Jordan? Eight. Brett. Inch- inches. Oh man. Uh I will go it's a big it's really big. Uh I'll go eleven. <laughs> Mikey. I was gonna say twelve. Are you still gonna hold with that? Uh what was the highest one? Twenty four. Oh twenty four. Um I go 24, 14, 8, 11, 16, 16. Stevie, you got the last guess. We got a high of 24 and a low of eight. Where do you stand? So we're at 24, <coughs> 18. Is that right? 24, 16, 14, 11, 8. 14, 11, 8. I will go 9.5, Alex. Good guess. Uh, I did say nearest inch. So if you could choose between 9 or 10. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I would say t- let's, let's take it up to 11, but someone took that. So I'll go 10. Please go to 11. Can you do the doop 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 thing for me? <laughs> Are you done? I am done. Boop boop. <laughs> Guys, Stevie's a genius. What can I say? He what? nailed it. Fucking. Do not oh. give him even more of an ego than he already has. Say grow. Up to ten oh, inches in diameter. Got- Okay, let's look at the data. He's also the most experienced. He goes deep sea fishing. None of us do that. Big old squids have you caught, Yeah, At least seven. 
Josh, you're teeing these up for him. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I didn't know he was the deep sea fishing guy before we started or anything. <laughs> so, Stevie, you got first. Brett, Shush. second. Jordan, third. Mikey, fourth. Or, sorry, Pappy, fourth. Mm-hmm. Mikey, fifth. Corey, last. You're Oof. more than double the eye size. 24-inch eye, man. That is That's dinner plate. Sees all. I have no idea how big a giant squid is. I was just thinking like the size of a kraken. They're huge. Yeah, I mean, it can be like massive. Is it the kraken technically a squid? I don't know. People often describe the eye as the size of a dinner plate. And a study published in March 2012 suggested that giant squids could even see moving sperm deep under the ocean from over 100 meters away. Moving sperm whales? Or... What? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. The only sperm, sperm in the ocean is the whale. So. <laughs> Do you think we're oh, no, like, it's um, a lot of sperm and yeah. there's not any you can see. Do they work like octopus uh, eyes? Squid can see them. Josh? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Well, I, I don't know if they, I mean, octopus eyes, like they really don't have like a whole lot of control over them. Just get to the Notre Dame football question so we can get done with trivia, okay? <laughs> Before we sign Ask off. Ask him about his child as well. I'm well. bringing it back. The ring bear gets to take one point away from anybody. Um, you're in the oh lead with God. five. It descends what? there. Brett what is this four, a rule? Take it away from three. Take it away from Brett. Why, he's always why? hated me. Is it hmm? gamesmanship again? Well, he's closest to me. Take it away from him. Okay, fair enough. Was this always in the rules? This seems cruel. <laughs> no wonder no wonder he always wins. I have the rules of trivia posted to the show notes. Don't worry, guys. But one one rule is make sure Stevie wins. Someone's gotta carry it, boys. Someone's gotta carry it. I might not be able to carry it, but I can <laughs> carry you. Well, (laughs) rumor has it, Legolas is still feeling that tingling in his fingers or whatever. So game over. That was chapter one of Return of the King. Spoilers. Game over. Special thank you to our patrons, Nick, Brother Brian, Matt Troll, The Meg, David, Nurse Stacy, Druid King. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast.
That was spoilers.